Welcome to your favorite YouTube channel cartoonist, Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piskor. I'm Jim Rugg. Hayao Miyazaki's Shuna's Journey is under the microscope today on the channel. We are a daily YouTube channel and we have more than 1500 videos to date. So we might have talked about your favorites. Uh, hit the magnifying glass on the front page of the cartoonist Kayfabe channel to see if we covered your favorite comics and check out those episodes. Kayfabe-tober is upon us. Take a little screen cap of uh, what is before you, man. This is the prompt list uh, for, for Kayfabe-tober. And uh, we want you guys to at us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and we will reshare the best of the pieces that you guys show off online. Uh, we have a Patreon for the King of Kayfabers to mitigate the Kayfabe effect and get the scoop on the comics that we're talking about before anybody else. Uh, there's a couple ways they do that. They're hanging out with us in a live stream uh, chat room that is going on as we record these videos. So they get to see all the comics before we even edit them. And then they get the final uh, edited videos before anybody else and uh, makes it possible to get the cheapest copies of the comics that we're talking about. Without further ado, it was such a pleasure to discover that first second uh, translated Shuna's Journey, Hayao Miyazaki, uh, a, a, a kind of illustrated uh, text kind of thing, almost like a picture book. Yeah, definitely. They, they call it that. There's a word for it, too. I yeah, think. yeah, it's a Japanese word, and uh, even when you come across it, you're not going to pronounce it, That's right? That's true. So, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> save, save me some embarrassment on that front. Uh, it reads like a Prince Valiant, where the captions are uh, kind of doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but one of the real pleasures is to see uh, the, the technique at play here. You know, this is all Miyazaki, so obviously with an animated feature, you, there's a lot of hands in the soup. To, to make that possible and the director paces everything and he does all the storyboards and stuff but right here you're looking at this is all Miyazaki's hand uh, and it's all practical you know it's pencil and it's watercolor and maybe uh, there's like a more opaque gouache white or something that he'll apply uh, when applicable to uh, say like a rain sequence or a snowy kind of setting but every single page is a piece of sublime artwork and I don't know about you, Jimmy, it kind of inspired me to, like, want to do one. I want to make one like this. Yeah, if you put it in that picture book context, I think that's a really valuable way to look at some of this. And also, like, the watercolors remind me of the opening of a lot of manga that'll get those couple pages in the front with the washes. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to look at, for sure. First Second did a good job, too. I like the, the paper that they pick there. It's almost an off-white, feels like, you know? Yeah, it's a little that, cream, that uncoated stuff. Very complimentary. The art... The art looks good. You know, they did a good job in terms of value and everything. And with pencil, I think that can be a struggle. Yeah. You know, things can be dark. But I love how this looks. And I like that it blurs the line between picture books and comics. Because, like, when I started at SVA, I did a kind of a deep dive into picture books. We've done some episodes on picture books. Mm -hmm. Because I think all those illustrative techniques can be brought into comics. Right. And, you know, you kind of see it on display in a book like this. The imagination is unassailable. Uh, just... He's an incredible creator because whenever he makes a new film, he's creating a new set of rules and physics and culture in every single one of uh, his mo his motion pictures, his animated features. I love this spread too because there's not a lot going on there, and yet I can I can almost imagine standing in the middle of that field of wheat. Yeah, he's able to get great texture uh, using that application of a little bit of pencil, a little bit of watercolor. There's the documentary when uh, 
something about like dreams is in the title of it but it's just you know studio ghibli documentary and he's working on uh, a set of uh, storyboards and he's just going ham with the watercolor on top of the boards the dude has a confident hand and it's a very rich hand uh something that a lot of watercolorists have a little trouble with is getting good contrast like it's hard for them to get good darks but he's figured out a way to like do it and to really sell you on the on the focal points um he did this in 1983-84 some somewhere around there uh but the actually before studio ghibli was even a thing right you know a couple years beforehand but you see the confidence in the hand uh right right off the bat but just creating a world of unique animals that don't show up in any other films i think that's a good example of you're talking about like watercolor and contrast yeah it does a lot with color to do the contrast you know that little bit of warm on your clouds in the sunset it's all you need to make the blue pop right and uh something like the the rock textures i mean you could you could uh really get get lost in creating that but he creates big simple shapes and there's no question what it is. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the books that we make, and we have a lot of stuff coming out in the very near future. Uh, sooner than later, in mid-October, comes the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus for the 10-year anniversary of my Hip Hop Family Tree series. After that comes X-Men Grand Design Trilogy, which collects all three volumes of my X-Men Grand Design comics. There are two trades of Red Room out there right now. Anti-social network and trigger warnings, but the third, uh, called Crypto Killers, is coming out in January. Jimmy's been self-publishing uh, some comics and magazines lately. Uh, the Black and White Zine, 1986 Zine, and True Crime Funnies are coming to you uh, sooner than later. October, what date? 26. 26th is going to be a sale at his website. Make sure you jump on that. Finite copies available. Street Angel, Princess of Poverty is coming to you in November. It is a companion piece to The Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive trade paperback. And before you is a bibliography of all the stuff that we have on the stands to date. Now let's get back to the video. The landscapes are breathtaking. Totally. Uh, the, the one part that, that gets a little tough um, is through no fault of his. But uh, it was a creative challenge for the letterers. Yes to uh where do you put the lettering like for instance this one should probably have gone here yeah that spread i think that's true and sometimes i run into which is the next lettering that you read because yeah. sometimes these images will stretch across pages and you're reading right to left so occasionally that was something that would bump me but the biggest one is sometimes the lettering is on something dark yeah and uh you know even if you backed it out maybe that would have been a solution but there, there are a couple of spots where the lettering could I think be handled a little better like here's a good one right there mm -hmm. uh and you know they're doing everything they can to give you as much artwork as possible uh you know that was one of the I, things man i love this stuff it, it's almost like he's doing his set designs you know and they're Absolutely. just they're, they're you can imagine this would be like the matte painting right you know like oh we're gonna be here for a little bit so this gets the beautiful treatment yeah just just a unbounded imagination uh, it's a it's a weird story, mm -hmm. but I think that the weirdness of it, and what, what I mean by the weirdness is that it kind of like lacks the the three act Aristotelian system that that we're all familiar with and used to. But I think that that might have to do with the kind of Tibetan folklore that that Shuna's journey kind of pulls from. Yeah, and there's some ancillary material. I can't remember if it's an intro or an afterword that gives some context to that. Yeah, it's, it, it's in the it talks back. a little bit about some of the influences on the story itself. But I kind of like that. I mean, it's one of the, the things I've enjoyed with this 
channel is reading stuff that I haven't read before. Right. And getting some stories that are a little bit outside of my expectations. And this one definitely fits that. But it has a fairy tale legend myth kind of quality to it. And that is something that people do poorly all the time. Right. Not here. Right. You know, this is a very, to me, it was a very fun book to read. Our first glimpse of the kind of slave traders, the manhunters, I believe they, they call them. And then we will figure out what, what, what that's about a little bit later in the story. Not something I was expecting to find. And then you see him now like entering this walled city and it's almost something out of a Conan comic, but handled completely differently. Yeah. And it's a, it's a different culture. Like, uh, you know, the, the earlier stuff, you know, we see, you know, this is where he's from Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. And then now he's going to the more opulent place, but it's still kind of jacked up. I often think that Star Wars is, is to thank for a lot of um, this idea of creating the new world, but making it feel lived in. Right. I, I think that that was something that uh, George Lucas put a big premium on. Yeah, it did very well with that. The richness of color here. There are these spots where you could tell that Miyazaki's kind of getting deep and he'll apply a lot of color. Like, for instance, that is a hazy, kind of subdued, muted set of color. And then just the richness where he's using, probably not doing like some kind of underwash and just using like straight from the cake mm -hmm. watercolors. By the way, what a coup for first second Absolutely. to get a book like this. Absolutely. Talk about a heavy hitter. It reminds me when, I can't remember when they started, but they must be around now for 20 plus years. They had that Lewis Trondum. Uh, I think it was Lewis Trondheim. It was one of their first releases. It was Alien. I hope I'm not messing up who the artist was, but it was a European guy doing a story that was like so far outside of whatever my expectations were at that time. Right. And this reminds me of that a little bit, you know, like they're really, they cast a wide net. Right. I, I love this image because of that kind of like lived in feeling. Like you have the cement wall, you have pock marks, which explains which uh, implies that some stuff went down. And then uh, like the kind of like little missing tiles, mm -hmm. but you see them all over. Like it, it, you know, it suggests what that area was in the past and it, it's pretty beautiful. Yes, I like Opulent, the but then it gets turned into a very dark, I mean, this guy's nearly a pimp, you know, this is yes. human, human trafficking and is uh, going to sell these defiant young girls who literally are like, if you have to buy me to save me, I don't even want that. Yeah, it's it's pretty disturbing stuff. And in the cartoony style, it's weird to see it like, I don't know, glossed over a little. Yeah. One of the, uh, this, this is a treatment. Miyazaki wanted this to be a movie. Mm -hmm. uh, he was kind of uh, excited about getting this, you know, on the screen, but ultimately couldn't get the financial backers on board. But being a true artist, and really wanting to do this, you know, he went he went this route, uh, not not far unlike you know the Nausicaa manga that he did, you know, where he's just starting out Ghibli and really needs to you know sell money people on the idea of what this is, so you know tell the story twice, in very 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 rich detailed uh, you know comics and then turn it to an anime. Who did this thing a lot in 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 like Ninja Scroll and stuff? The old person with the big kind of warts and stuff like that that's a motif mm. there's a the little uh spy guy and ninja scroll has that big uh, cocoa puff and in a lot of a uh, miyazaki stuff there will be old haggard ladies with just the biggest like you can't that's stop good. but but stare at it 
see when you get the uh the smoke and stuff here like could that be a gouache or i know that there's like transparent watercolors and more opaque ones or is it is it gouache that there's more transparent gouache and then more opaque uh, gouache i have no idea it's so hard to tell too you'd think that would show up if he was putting gouache on top that you'd be able to tell like you know see the some paint texture and, and i feel things. like i see it yeah there might be a little bit here and there i, I think a lot of that's thing. probably planned think but i could be wrong maybe it's a, a white wash right like this one feels planned but this one feels like you know like he got that color and then he put something over top i don't know it's neat to see him do action right in, in this kind of style like action's not something i think of in like a watercolor you know this like like this kind of a picture book-esque style i just don't expect it but now and then you see those moments of action and they work. Also, like just simple storytelling, they're running at us, the reader, you know, running away now. Simplest thing you could possibly draw in, in some ways, but also communicates an action and a pursuit really well. Doesn't it feel like uh, he probably penciled this stuff reasonably fast? Oh, yeah. Speaking, sure. speaking to his uh, ability to storyboard and probably in storyboards, you know, to get from this point to this point might require, you know, a sequence of like, say, 15 drawings to get there so uh it's a cool exercise for miyazaki to choose the exact perfect moments to cover to communicate the story on paper rather than uh fe you know feature film the theater screen whatever there will be these moments too where he gets his hand on say just two three colors and he'll apply those colors more than any anywhere else yeah he does the, the color stuff is something I think you could take away if you're just looking at this as a uh, maker. Right. I think the color stuff is something you could really take away because he does stuff that is scene setting, but then also once they start the gunfight, then he brings in the, the reds on this scene. It's still clearly that blue setting. We're in the same spot, but it's like here's the violent part has been added, so you get the red paint. Yeah. It's, it's very simple, but very effective, very clear, easy to read. You could read that as postage stamp size. Look at these great techniques. It's almost like uh, special effects in watercolor. He he chose to not apply pencil to this, to just use color to co communicate that shape of that Lovecraftian kind of creature. And it really feels translucent. Yeah, the moon character is pretty cool in this book because it feels like a god myth treatment. Yeah. And I mean, like, even a UFO flying overhead, you know, it's it's great stuff. This stuff, like the scale, the epic scale, the guy Incredible. can the guy can do it all the guy can do it all look at that man just kind of getting some lunch on some bones you know it shocks me to think of his career and how successful he's been and this is the first english translation of this work that's been around for 40 years we get made fun of all the time uh, as as a culture when i'm out there for the stuff that kind of just comes into translation and uh, this will be an example i'm sure if i bring up that yeah we just got this they're going to just think we're so passe. Uh, just once again, that Im imagination on every page. Uh, we, we had rock textures before. Now we have them chilling on some dino bones. And now we have like these crystalline uh, kind of uh, structures. This is another, like that three spread sequence that you just outlined. Another one for a maker to take away is like, think of how boring you could, he's just walking right you know what i mean he's just walking but what do we have all these different textures colors dinosaur bones so much more interesting than it has to be when he starts to get into this like submerging water kind of imagery he he's really showing off his his watercolor chops it it is undeniable that some of that hand is above mm -hmm. water and some of that hand is below 
and the subtleties with like the gun just kind of protruding the shadows of these plankton type uh you know prehistoric fish in the in the sort of rock texture below i'm worried about the, his gun yeah it ain't gonna work i after don't know that. it may not yeah <laughs> his bullets look like they're underwater <laughs> hope he doesn't need it right it's funny you get uh in some of these pages too you'll see he, he'll sign Maya on a few yeah. of them, but you also see the dates down in the corner sometimes where you get like the 1983s and things showing up. Right, here's a good example right there, man. It's beautiful spread. Man, when you talk about scale. That's the other thing too. Each of these images is so well composed. And he's playing with that kind of like rule of thirds and, and making sure not to put our guy in the middle of, of these images. and you know if he does put them in the bottom half there you got to have a focal point on on the uh, opposite page so here's another if you think of like the last five spreads we've been through right he, he's gone through this journey and now he's come out kind of on the other side and it's this place that's teeming with life not an easy thing to draw and if you didn't read any of these words you can see this is what's happening you know like it's just it's like the garden of eden or something he stumbled into here yeah and you know from this distance you know that feels like moss and it's not overdone it's not heavy-handed but you know what it is i also love the sunbeams coming through the foliage i'm always a sucker for that man shouts to uh jared Collum, uh who i think he's living in pittsburgh yeah now. he is yeah he uh he does this really well in his watercolor works mm -hmm. does a lot of plain air plant painting we know and that's i think probably how you start to observe those things and be able to work them in but you know what I mean? Like, here we go. It's just, it's teeming with life and it's teeming with like alien life. We are in a different land. Absolutely. Unmistakably Miyazaki though. Yes. Yeah, but maybe with a dash of Bernie Wrightson. Dare I say. <laughs> yeah, you see that. a couple of those and go, wait, does he have a Swamp Thing uh, story in him? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Coax that out of him. <laughs> yeah, that figure's amazing. That, that giant, these giant, creatures i feel like i've seen those figures somewhere yeah this really ins inspired me a lot to go through man so there's your moon creature dumping the the human so so we discover that like the manhunters the slave traders oh it was like a human sacrifice to the moon god who dumps them into this little uh, cocoon thing and then out comes swamp things now an another thing that you get see here's one of like probably the worst of the lettering uh and and truly it's like well what can you do because you don't want to cover up too much miyazaki artwork yeah if you look at that spread i don't i don't really see anywhere else you could put that yeah yeah it's it's impossible to tell but like you know this is a good one uh there there is a lot of show and tell that you will see here so you know we're seeing these green guys spitting up seeds and you read that uh, these green guys are spitting up seeds you also read that uh shuna is unclear about the mechanics of this cocoon thing mm -hmm. uh is unsure of you know are the humans just kind of soylent green to fuel a battery that creates these guys or are these the townspeople getting uh, morphed within that cocoon that's just like one of those mysteries and it, it i don't think it's ever solved no i like having the mysterious stuff in a story Nothing wrong with that. Not at all. It's not like some explanation of that would add to your enjoyment of, oh, I get it. It is it is Soylent Green. Like, what? Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Is that how they get good grain? <laughs> Another one of those uh, complicated uh, uh, text pieces. And, uh, you know, if you couldn't tell from the start, this is a very uh, simple story to figure out what the what the stakes are, the, the intentions and the obstacles. Uh, the, this comes from 
a place of uh, poverty and deprivation. A guy comes by, has a has a little crown royal bag of uh, sweet, sweet grains with the promise of uh, there being a place where there's a m multiplicity of, of, of this kind of material. It's not unlike uh, that Sandland comic mm -hmm. that we uh, covered that Akira Toriyama put together. Look at the minimalness. Right. You know, like, I would never have the confidence to have that as like, okay, I'm spraying out seed and it's like four dashed pencil lines. Yeah. I, I think that uh, this book was published in the same the same kind of format. Uh, I you know I've I've seen this out there for sure. That image, this book. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, this book, and I I think it's this this sort of the same size. So I I say that with what you said in mind about like the four dashes, like it it was never printed kind of smaller. Mm -hmm. Now we revisit our little human trafficked kids. Yeah, and I think we glossed over it, but he had gone back in the middle of the night and freed them, and yeah. then whenever before he enters this alien land. Uh, they split up and they head north and he goes into this climbing down the mountains and stuff so he doesn't do it much but this is very clear when on wet kind of sky and i wonder you know when people talk about watercolor they say that you have to allow for some chaos mm -hmm. to happen and then you got to kind of pull, pull everything together at, at the end but this looks like because this is like the only one of these skies in here i think maybe he fucked up on his original piece and then had to kind of save it Maybe there's some of that technique at the bottom too. If you look, there's right. like uh, you can see kind of these lines being pulled down. Right. So it might have been something he was trying. And this is another little piece where I think he's using a little opaque media. That looks like it to uh, communicate, you know, the, the smoke coming up with the imagination to populate the interiors of there's no reference for you to to have. Uh, you know, any reference that you have, you're pulling from secondary sources you know some zelda type shit but and i think you know he just he just is he, he thinks th through these worlds man he really thinks deeply about this stuff so here's an interesting bit in story wise is thea the, the this our character that was a slave and, and was freed just has a sense that Shuna's near yeah and you know this is what we see but it's done in this blue which you could say is night but I would say it's almost uh fairy tale right because we had gone from a realistic lighting and color to suddenly the blue when she thinks she's hearing him call for help and then goes and finds him in this like almost zombie like state uh that he's left in after visiting that land and after procuring some of that uh wheat harvest right and it's not very subtle how uh Miyazaki gets his way out of this because as you can tell there's not very many more pages to go and I was joking before we put mm -hmm. this on cam that like Miyazaki's he's he's done maybe he even has some stuff going on in animation like that this is like more a passion project but uh what happens and it's explained really only in text you, you know you if if he was to do a film I bet you we get a couple of scenes to to, to flesh it out more but uh as the harvest grows he becomes more himself. So he's now tied with nature. But he's kind of a feral boy for for quite some time. Uh, but as the grains get planted and things start to sprout, he becomes a little less haggard and a little bit more himself. 
All right, here's another one. If you go through four spreads up to this, you get to go from winter where it is just gray and almost nothing on the pages to saturated blues and now greens as like it's full on springtime. Straight up Pittsburgh. You can you can watch the palette just evolve over those four four spreads really clearly. That's the stuff that I want to do in my work is where like you talk about like, you know, there's show and tell, but there's also like show it in a color. You yeah. know, or show it in this this detail or this part of the visuals. That's not just I'm literally drawing it or whatever. It's like you've got a lot of tools there. As a, as I'm working, uh, I'm listening to audio book. Uh, Take the gun, leave the cannolis. The 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 history of uh, the you know the making of the Godfather, and the back half of of the book is all the production and the scenes and the stuff that's being played out. And a lot of it is Francis Ford Coppola's reasoning for all the moments and things like that and there's he just describes it's the beauty of the great audio commentaries of things like godfather where he just describes the subtlety of the things that you're seeing on the screen and what he's trying to communicate one of the big examples got with godfather in mind is he's being taught by the gangsters like you know you put two bullets in them a piece drop the gun get out of there blah 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 what happens in the flick you know he shoots the guy a couple of times He's holding on to that gun for quite a little while. He walks out holding the gun still and then kind of like yeah. drops it to communicate that like, you know, you're not just a soldier in the United States Army anymore. This is a new game and you're new, you're new at this, but it's nothing's told to you. You're kind of shown it and it's subtle. Um, here's a here's another piece to read on that. There's a Jaws diary. I think it's the guy who screen wrote Jaws and then stayed with Spielberg and was like a bit actor in the movie, but kept a, kept a log of the making of it. Right. Um, you know what we just passed too? Like you were talking about, like he kind of cleans this up pretty quickly here at the end. There's a fable right here, you know, and it's about Thea, the, the, our girl's going to get married, creates a, you know, whoever can ride this, this beast, I forget what kind of creature this is, gets to marry her. So it's almost like you could see a much longer piece that would just be that as like a fable. Right. But instead it's here in three panels. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and it's our homeboy's stag, you know. So like uh, she 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 gimmicked the the, the system. <laughs> this is the funny part. So so you know he's basically living happy, happily ever after with 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 the. Uh, um, but so much goes on in this caption right here. You know, there's like four or five super visual ideas. Cause like we go from love, dude. We go from all is right with the world, bountiful amounts of food to like war and you're like what the what happened here and it's all explained right here which is probably an indication of like Miyazaki got some other stuff going on he's done his 150 pages already let me get the hell out of it because it isn't much further you know it's two pages left so he's like fuck it I'm done no more of this I'm an animator I'm not a mangaka and by the way it ends with Shuna's journey is not over yet <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a cool story. Uh, I, I like that kind of density. You know, we often talk about decompressed storytelling. This is the opposite in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I think, is part of why you read this story and you think, like, what is this story about? And it's because of certain details are glossed over, you know, like like it is this journey rather than a conclusion or having that three-act structure of act three is, okay, I, I got the grain for our people. Like, it's implied here, but it's definitely not the focus of the story. So you end up with kind of these other elements to linger on and think about. Yeah, super cool. Uh, so you get a piece from uh, Miyazaki in, in afterward, and it's from 1983, so it's from the time period uh, when he was working on the stuff. You have some uh, 
intel from the the translator to go along with this as well from 2022 and awesome to have this book in english absolutely man I, I pour over this thing and you know you got two nice quotes uh guillermo del toro and uh, daisy ridley who I, I don't know who that is actually but uh you know we know guillermo is I don't know if it's worth noting or not, but I'm going to. I picked up my copy last year after Christmas. They had like a weekend sale or something at Barnes & Noble where hardcovers, all hardcovers, half off. I think it's to cash in maybe on um, people get gift cards or something. I don't know, but it's really interesting because I went through there and I remember us talking about it. The collection of graphic novels and books that they had, just different stuff. You know, stuff I don't see in, in, in direct market kind of stores very often. Right. And it was kind of eye-opening. And then also you get to see civilians, <laughs> civilian shopping and, and getting excited about different graphic novels, which was really cool. But uh, kind of kind of a, a neat pool. I came out of there with a box of books because I couldn't resist stuff like this. And that was the first time I had seen this on a shelf. So it was just like impulse buy, but also how does this, what is this? Why do I not know all about this? Totally, man. I'm good if you are, Jimmy. Yep. Kayfabers like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. Here is the Kayfabetober prompt list for 2023. Take your screen grab, make sure that uh, you participate, and make sure that you at us in those uh, posts so that we can uh, repost as many of those as possible. We have a uh, Patreon where the King Kayfabers get the scoop on all the videos that were putting together before anybody else gives them that opportunity to uh, scoop up those comics at the cheapest prices online and at their local comic shops more than 1500 videos on the channel as we speak we might have talked about your favorites hit the magnifying glass give a search to your favorite comics on uh, the channel uh, if it if they turn up then we'll check out those vids if not let us know so w that we could put those comics a little bit higher on our to read piles but ultimately the videos are brought to you by the books that we make and Jimmy I think it's time for you to let the people know what their marching orders are in terms of what you have coming out soon yes and it's time for the people to let their comic shop owners know order a copy of Street Angel Princess of Poverty for you pre-orders are due in now and uh, the book will be out in November Street Angel Princess of Poverty collects all the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadly Squirrel Live it'll be the first time basically a set of all of my Street Angel comics and two handsome volumes from Image Comics but you gotta let your shops know that you want a copy of Princess of Poverty. I've been self-publishing lately. These are a selection of the uh, the zines that I have done, the BW zine celebrating the black and white explosion comics of the 80s, the 1986 zine celebrating the greatest year in comics history and also maybe the most influential year, uh, you know, after the golden age. And uh, True Crime Funnies, three nonfiction stories, including a couple of wrestling yarns. I'm actually working on some follow-up stories from this issue right now. Uh, you can see some of those on my social media. Uh, these will be for sale on my website, October 26th. It's basically a fall holiday sale. I am stocking up and getting ready for that now. Mark your calendars. October 26th, you'll be able to order all of these directly from me at jimrug.com. If you can't wait that long, join patreon.com slash jimrug where you can download some of these out-of-print zines and mini-comics. The time is upon us. Uh, the Hibot Family Tree Omnibus is hitting stores within a couple of weeks, October 18th to be exact. Uh, it's a 10-year anniversary of hip-hop family tree it's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop culture and uh we made the ultimate statement with this book uh it's the best book that i've made uh to date and i really hope that you add it to your libraries uh at home uh, more than probably 75 percent of the print run has been accounted for between you know online stores and uh you know personal purchases and stuff 
So if you uh, have any designs on getting yourself a copy, you got to make sure that you scoop it up and get your name put on one because uh, this print run is going to go pretty quick. And the X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback is coming out in November. It's going to collect all of my X-Men Grand Design work, uh, which some of that is out of print at this moment right now. So it'll be your opportunity to get all my X-Men Grand Design in one uh, handy collection. There are two trade paperbacks of Red Room uh, on the stands today. Uh, there is the Antisocial Network and there is Trigger Warnings, but in January comes the third in the trilogy. It's going to be called Crypto Killers. Same red cover motif whenever I get my comps on that. Of course, I'll show them off to you. But put your put your name on a, a Crypto Killers uh, as soon as possible. And uh, you know, use your Christmas money. It will we'll ship it very promptly in January. The books are the most important part to keeping the channel going, but there are some other ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe enterprise. Jimmy, let the people know. You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video in the show notes. All good ways to support the channel. Please give them their final marching orders, Jimmy, and we'll be on our way. Read more manga.